You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 51, The Guest House, featuring Dewana Tarver. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for joining me for another wonderful conversation. Today I'm sharing my visit with Dewana Tarver, the founder of Dewana's Community Closet. If you're a teacher or if you have a child in Calcasieu Parish schools, then it's likely that Dewana's nonprofit service has touched your life in some way. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Next week, I've got a conversation full of flavor. I get to share my visit with Jelly Reynolds and Charlie Fry, the passionate food scientists behind Jam and Jelly's Hot Sauce, and a local business that's on track to place Southwest Louisiana on the hot sauce map. You may have heard some of my announcements about Find the Good News Live, a new element I've decided to add to the Good News family. I'm running some soft launch tests of the platform I'm using to broadcast by airing each week's episode live. If you're interested in tuning into our live platform, you can chat with me while you listen to the show. I'll be airing the show on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Follow Find the Good News on Facebook where I'll be posting links to the broadcast. From there, you can hop over and join the live conversation. As always, your suggestions for guests of Find the Good News is what makes this show possible. If you have a suggestion, you can email it to me or send me a message through Facebook. Just head over to findthegood.news. I've got links to all my social media pages there, and you can email me from there as well. I'm all out of announcements this week. So take a big, deep breath, inhale some love and light, blow out your anxiety, and shake off some stress. Clear your mind, open your heart. Now press play on a little good news. I don't know if you have children, but if you do, as I do, then you've had to dig deep when summer ends and it's time to buy school clothes, uniforms, and supplies. Sometimes life takes a turn for the better. Your resources become more plentiful and paying for school supplies and fees aren't such a heavy burden. For many, that turn has not arrived. For some, it never does. I've been in that situation before, shaving money from places that were already thin to ensure my children could attend public school with the minimum requirements. There were times when I couldn't afford all new uniforms, secretly praying that my children wouldn't grow much over the summer, hoping I could squeeze a little more time out of a pair of pants, shoes, or shirts. It is a reality for many parents in Calcasieu Parish. It was this stark realization that motivated Dewana Tarver to take action. That action evolved into Dewana's Community Closet, a nonprofit service that now provides school uniforms, shoes, undergarments, and school supplies to children all across Calcasieu Parish. I'd heard of Dewana's Community Closet before, but I didn't really understand the full scope of the service, so I asked Dewana to come visit me on Find the Good News. What I learned, and what touched my heart the most, is that for so long the teachers of Calcasieu Parish and I'm sure teachers around the country, were meeting the needs of the children in their classrooms with their own funds. As Dewana explains, teachers are on the front line, seeing and assessing the students' needs directly, and for years they were doing this on their own. In its earliest incarnation, Dewana's community closet was no closet at all. It was just Dewana, her keen sense for sniffing out good deals, purchasing items herself, and bringing them to schools for students with potential needs. This original inspiration has unfolded and expanded to a fully stocked facility, formerly Dewana's guest house, that offers brand new uniforms, undergarments, 
supplies, shoes, and other resources for educators in Calcasieu Parish. Through the ongoing generosity of Dewana's patrons, this facility is able to deliver much needed resources directly to schools in Calcasieu, with systems in place for teachers to request specific items. Because Dewana Tarver listened to her heart, her eyes were open to the needs that parents, teachers, and children face at the beginning of each school year. Because her heart moved her to action, Dewana's community closet exists to serve. This year, when I went school supply shopping, I noticed that the list was shorter, something I would not paid attention to in recent years past. On the sheet, it mentioned all the businesses and individuals that donated to help provide the remainder of the school items. On that sheet, I saw the logo for Dewana's community closet. My eyes filled with tears and my heart swelled. I knew somewhere there was a father that was in my shoes all those years ago, worrying, shaving funds, not sure how he was going to get everything his children needed. As I meditated on that mystery father, I was comforted, knowing that his burden was made lighter. I am so thankful for Dewana Tarver and that her goodness and love manifested to meet the needs of so many families in our area. Wake up this morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news. Fake news? Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. You're welcome. So where does this air? Well, it actually isn't like the radio. It's all online. Okay. And so with a podcast, it's basically once you um, load it to where you're hosting it, Mm -hmm. it gets pushed out to all the podcast platforms, Mm -hmm. right? So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean. It's really just everywhere. You're talking to somebody who knows nothing. Basically, it's everywhere people listen to podcasts. Okay. And then some extras, too. Like, I I upload it to SoundCloud and YouTube. Because some people listen to podcasts on YouTube. They'll okay. just play the video, and we don't have a video with it, but we just have like a graphic, uh-huh. and then um, they'll just play it right there and listen to it while they're at work. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually we got about ten thousand listeners. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean okay. it's not. Uh, I mean to me that sounds like a lot. It is a lot for a, for a new show. Okay. The show started last October. Okay. And so it was kind of a. I guess an experiment, you know, I, I, uh, for me, it was a personal, 
exercised uh-huh. because I can, I mean, you know, there's so much news, right? Mm-hmm. And it just hits you from all these directions. And I was like, man, it's so easy to just fall down the rabbit hole and kind of get negative and just see all the bad things. Cause there's a lot of bad. I mean, I don't want to ignore it, but my thought was, well, what if I just intentionally focus on good people doing good things, mm-hmm. see what happens. And so it just kind of blossomed into this, that's venture. so cool. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it. I Honestly, it's been really good for me. And um, I'm finding that it's been good for other people. I mean, I can't tell you what everybody feels, but, I mean, the response has been positive. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to be negative about people who are giving of themselves out in the community. Mm-hmm. So can you find podcasts by topic? You can. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, if you... Um, are interested in podcast listening I mean I was kind of new to it Uh I discovered it by accident up here working one day on a weekend and I was looking up an actor and a topic that he had heard he had talked about well when I was online looking to hear what he said I stumbled on a podcast he was on and I said oh I'm gonna listen to it and it just kind of made me go down that hole and as I went in there I said man there's a whole world in here if you like listening to audiobooks which I don't know if you do. I don't. I, I'm not. See, I'm, <laughs> when I'm in my car, that's my alone time and my yeah. quiet time. And or either I'm on my phone trying to handle stuff I couldn't handle at home. So that's <laughs> that's yeah. my time. But I'm thinking like if I wanted to find like nonprofits to see what oh, other yeah. nonprofits were doing, totally. I could go listen to people talking about. Totally. Them. Okay. I no, mean, I will you can look up. That. You should. I mean, I I do that all the time, and I find new things. And what I really find is, especially with subjects like you just said. If I'm um, interested in a person or even mm-hmm. an author, like if I read a book and I'm like, I really like this person's book, mm-hmm. I'll go into my podcast app and just search their name. Well, what I found is, I mean, that person has been interviewed by multiple podcasts. And so I get to go actually listen to the person and they'll talk about the book and like actually, it gets just like another layer to it. I really enjoyed it. And I've learned a lot, too. That's so, cool. And we didn't have anything like that here. Um, are you from here? I am from here, okay. from Sulphur, yeah. Okay. Yeah, are you, where are you from? You from I'm originally from a little town called Gina, which is in I know Central. where it's at. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I live I'd there. say a Gina up Jeter, there. Gina, yeah. that's right, J-E-N-A, so it has an R on the that's end of right. it, Gina. And uh, I lived there until I was eight, and then we moved here. Really? So, yes. That's so, funny. So I'm going there. What's today? Tuesday. I'm going there Wednesday. Uh, Thursday. Really? Thursday, Do you yes. just go up as a family? Oh, my or? family's still. My parents are here, but my grandmother is. St- my grandmother is still there. Ninety nine. She'll be a hundred wow. in December. And uh, then I have aunts and cousins and everything. Oh there. wow! So yeah, Jeaner. Jeaner. That's yes. so crazy. I, I lived in Natchitoches for okay. a while, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of in that neck of the woods, yeah. Winfield, and yeah. you know all of that um, mm-hmm. that territory. And yeah. so I would meet people. I, you know, I didn't really even, when I moved up there, I didn't know where it was, but yeah. I would meet people from there. And I just remember yes. the, the yes. word specifically. Yeah. It was forever that I, if your name was EVA, I just assumed it was Ever. Ever. And I did not <laughs> really know that Eva was a name. Okay. Yeah. You know, that part of the, that, that's so interesting. I, I love this show because you never know what you're going to talk mm-hmm. about. We just jump right in. And that part of Louisiana was is always fascinating. I take a trip up there in August every year. It's like a little personal retreat slash getaway and uh 
I don't know. It's like to me, when I get past Kasachi, mm-hmm. everything sort of changes. It does. It's like another doesn't it, feel it like is, Louisiana anymore. It is a very. It's very different. The food is very different. Yeah. The the speech is very different. Yeah. Uh, both wonderful. I mean, yeah. But but very very different. Yeah, I know that the lieutenant governor's push right now is these Louisiana staycations. He's trying to encourage people to not go to at least pick one trip that you're going to take and make it a in-state trip. And, you know, I always say that. I'm like, yeah, if you go north and you kind of head northeast, mm-hmm. even northwest, you're going to get a different experience yes. than what you get along the Gulf Definitely. Coast for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. That was yeah. an interesting little it was. node. Yes. Uh, the first time I was flipping channels and found Duck Dynasty, I had no clue what it was, but I have relatives that live in West Monroe and it's like, they talk just like my cousin. Like, oh, I have to, yeah. I have to watch this show. That's just sounds just like my cousin. Yeah, because that's really how they talk. They're you know their dialect. And well, stuff. you know that's interesting because I I felt that way when I moved to Natchitoches. You know I uh, I went to college there and I just always had kind of my heart was kind of there. I loved it in mm-hmm. the little town, but. Uh, before I had moved there, my only exposure was the movie Still Magnolias uh-huh. and a couple of other movies that had been filmed there. And so, you know, when I got there, that's kind of what my mind was expecting. And then I, I realized that that was my first, I guess, encounter with um, Louisiana culture portrayed in film versus the reality and so it was very stark contrast i was Mm -hmm. like oh wow nobody talks like this yes you know it was really clear that this wasn't reality this is uh sensationalized louisiana yeah yeah we have a wonderful state we We do do. oh i love it yeah i absolutely love it so i i I looked you up i mean so this is a lot of times people uh recommend people for the show but somehow or another i was online and Someone had reposted Dewana's closet, something you had posted. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, I keep seeing this and I don't, again, looking for good news. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't really know anything about it, but I have heard of Dewana's closet for years. And so I said, well, let me just go look. And so I went onto your Facebook page and kind of did my little light cyber research. And uh-huh. I was like, wow. So this is a whole program mm-hmm. that I don't, I guess I just, I've heard the name, but never put two and two together, didn't go digging. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, after I looked into it, I said, this is somebody I need to talk to. Okay. So tell me and tell ever tell the people listening okay. so about Dewana's Closet, what you do, and we'll just dive off a cliff okay, from there. Okay, here we there. go. Uh, first of all, the name, Dewana's Closet. And I just, this is not part of my speech when I go out and speak, but this came up just a couple of weeks ago. Um it didn't, I didn't name it because, and I would not have named it Dewana's Closet because to me that's very arrogant to stick your name on something. Oh, Parker Brand. Uh, Parker, yeah, Parker <laughs> yeah. Brand, you arrogant thing you. I know. Uh, but we were, uh, we were located in a school originally, the school board. We are not part of the school board or the school okay. system. Separate entity. Separate entity totally. But when they found out what we were doing and what our vision was, they agreed to give us a room in a school to oh. operate out of. Okay. So we had a, a room in in um, JJ and uh, JD Clifton down in North Lake Charles on Prater Street okay. had a room, and so the uh, principal and the people helping us there named it Dewana's Community Closet. They designed a logo and did oh, everything. Oh, so they they did all they that. did all I that. Gotcha. And so uh, when they told me about it, I was so bothered. I went and talked to my pastor about it, and I said, really? you know, this is it, it's got my name on it, and I was I was literally crying, and I said, I just you know I I don't that's it said that's so arrogant, and I know in the back of his mind he was thinking get out of my office there's people with real problems in this world would you leave me alone but he was not he was very compassionate and said you know you should be honored and the program needs a face and you're obviously going to be the face of it you know 
you're the, yeah. you know, so get over it. Get out there and get just busy. Just embrace it. Embrace and it and go with it. So we go for it. Now, when we talk about it, we just call it the closet because Dewan is community uh, closet. That's gotcha. so long. But that's how our 501c3 and everything. And I'm very honored and flattered that they did that. And that was a very sweet thing. But I would not have named it that because I don't even like the name Dewan. My mama gave me that and I don't even like it. <laughs> but anyway, that's how Dewan's closet, the name came to be. The way the program came to be is, uh, first of all, I am a great shopper. And I believe that's a gift from God. Mm. I have trouble convincing Philip of that. But um, <laughs> I've always had this ability. Philip would travel. And so while he was out doing his business meetings, I would find the outlet malls and go shopping. And I could always find the corner that had the cheap stuff in it. And uh, I would find clothes really, really inexpensively and stuff. And some of those things would be school uniforms. And I would bring them back. And then we would just go drop them off at schools. Uh, but okay. mainly at the beginning of the school year. We, I, that was always my focus. Oh, it's the beginning of school. There's, you know, I, I need to do this. And so we would kind of do it. And um, anyway, well, that's not always true. Anyway, but I would do that anyway. So we would have them, but never in great volume. Always just a few things here and a few things there. And always originally my thought was North Lake Charles. I mean, I live in Lake Charles, North Lake Charles. That's where the need is. And I would go drop some things off there, but never in great volume. And we did this for years. Um, I was raised very middle income. My dad worked at a plant. My mom was a nurse that worked in doctor's offices. Very typical. By the time we got off school, my mama was there with warm cookies. We had dinner. I mean, we were June Cleaver, Beaver Cleaver, that type family. Philip was raised a a little differently. There were eight kids. His mom was a stay-at-home mom. His dad uh, worked, but they struggled a little more. So school clothes was something that he did not always have plenty of. And there were actually teachers back in elementary school that bought him clothes back in elementary school. So this was something that he had mentioned to me, but never dwelt on it. It I was see. never a real you issue. Knew it, I knew it, but didn't like never. linger. You ne- okay. never, because he never, you know, he never dwelt on that on anything like that but I knew that happened so we just always kind of did it but my shopping got to be more and more and more and my house became worse and worse and worse with all these piles and so uh, one year I just told my Sunday school class I said you know I need some help this is really getting out of hand and so they came and saw all these clothes and we divided them all up in sizes and got them delivered and they were saying it's kind of like an intervention you really really need help this is getting out of control and so that about that same time is when the principal at J.D. Clifton called me and said I know you drop off clothes occasionally, but what I really need is underwear. She said, my kids have accidents at school. They're, you know, we don't have underwear for them, and they miss class. Then they have to sit in a counselor's class or something, and these kids are missing class because we don't have underwear. Can you bring oh, yeah. me underwear? So when I bought underwear and went to give them to her, and I said, you know, I've, I just kind of need, need a place. I need a place where we can set up, a permanent place where we can be in operation all year long, and not just this when I find stuff on sale, dropping it off at the beginning yeah. of the year. And so she said, sure. So uh, originally she said she had a closet, and then when I started bringing bags and bags of stuff, she said, oh, my goodness, let me see. So they more in the closet. So they opened up a room, and in October of 2016, we had our grand opening. And it was very important to me that the first time the public see it, it be very, very presentable. It not be like uh, it not be like a garage sale. Gotcha. I wanted them to see, okay, these people are serious about what they're doing. And uh, we didn't have any. We literally came in in black trash bags with everything in it, and we didn't have any display cases. And uh, J.C. Penney's donated all new racks. Wow! So we were set up. If you go to our Facebook page, there's a video called the beginning and it shows how we were set up and we had i mean our display racks with all of our uh, clothes by size our shoes were displayed our belts were displayed and so the first time that these
these counselors and teachers and principals and the mayor and they all came in. It, this was set up very, very professionally. And I'm happy, I know it. If you're like me, then you've got a long wish list of things you need to do around your house, things you just can't get to. It's not that I don't want to do them, but between my responsibilities at work, producing this show, and squeezing in some valuable mental downtime, I can't seem to get around to fixing the small stuff, and the big stuff is just waiting in line. To be honest, it kind of stresses me out. Maybe you're stressing out too. Well, stress no more because I've got good news. My friend, Ben Von Duke, has started a handyman service, and he takes the mystery out of getting these things done. Ben Von Duke is not just some guy that calls himself handy. He knows what he's doing, and he knows a whole lot. Not only is he an experienced and professional carpenter, but he's kind of a duke of all trades. What I love is that he's created an a la carte price list of services so you don't have to worry about getting in your pockets too deep before you're ready. He'll fix your running toilet, install appliances, replace fixtures, install ceiling fans, repair sheetrock and concrete, and a whole lot more than that. Look, I'm not too proud to say this, but sometimes it takes me three times as long to fix something because I've got to get online and search videos just to figure out what tools I need. Then I have to go buy the tools that I don't have and then kind of sort of come home and do the job. I don't have to do that anymore because Ben Von Duke will do it and do it better. On top of all that, he's just a good person, someone you can trust. He's honest, he's kind, and those are things that I value highly, and I bet you do too. You can get a hold of Ben Von Duke, the Duke of all trades, the good old-fashioned way, by using the phone. Call or text Ben at 337-540-1355. That's 337-540-1355. He'll send you his service and price list, and trust me, his prices are more than fair. And do me a favor. When you do message Ben at 337-540-1355, tell him you heard about the Duke of all trades on Find the Good News. The way we work is we're not open to the public. You have to be an educator in the Calcasieu Parish School Board system to use us. I see. Uh, we felt like if we opened to the public, we would be empty in probably two yeah, weeks' time. Right. And we felt like these educators are on the front they're on the battlefield every day they see these kids that really have needs um and so the way it works is they um, email us we're open one day a week on thursday so all week we gather these emails on thursdays we go in and fill orders and then we deliver them to the schools thursday wow. afternoons and fridays so okay that's a lot i want to go i want to jump back You're because thinking, shut up no 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 I, okay. I, I, my brain's spinning because <laughs> okay. i was like oh man so we okay. fast forward through the beginning okay. here so this started out you were just doing this on your own, on own right just, so you would just go hey I, you thought uh, of this need and you were yeah. just doing it sort of like going to the school one school at a time and trying to or? figure out like when i'd have a pair of shoes that were size three is this an elementary size is this a middle uh, school size where do i bring these shoes i don't even know what right. size kid wears these shoes you know yeah but you would see the shoe. deal and acquire the good yeah, and yes. then go where can i where can i drop this play, off place at? this yes. right right yes, that, that's like that. and so how were you doing that were you just going to going, the schools one at a time yeah just literally dropping off a bag of new clothes and saying here you know i'm sure you have some child that needs this and they were all very grateful like and when i would see how grateful they were i'm thinking man this must be a bigger deal than i think i'm still and this is no lie i'm 60 years old now and still at the age of 50 i was still naive enough to think that on the first day of school 
every child came to school with new clothes and new shoes. Now, mm. how I thought they got it, I don't know. But I still lived in such a little bubble that I thought, okay, the first day of school, every child has new clothes. Now, maybe by January, their clothes are getting worn out and their parents can't afford to. But I don't know how I thought that. I yeah. just bec- I, Because that's the way I was raised. That's the way my children were raised. That's the way my friends' kids were raised. Mm. And I still thought that was the existence. And finally, I have a teacher friend who said to Juana, the very first day of school, there's kids who show up whose shoes have holes in them, whose pants are too short for them. You know, no, don't be stupid. The first day of school, there's kids who need clothes. Juana, how valuable wow. is that awareness, do you think? Oh, it was tremendous to realize, I mean... We've had a principal tell us that they they gave the child his clothes and they noticed he was smelling them. And finally they realized that child had never smelt new clothes, had no idea the smell of a new shirt. Mm. Everything we give is new. We feel like the kids that we're helping don't. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with reusing clothes. I'm all believe. I believe in stretching our dollars, but the kids we're helping, we want them to realize that they're important enough for this community to say, you know what? Here's your brand new shirt. It's still got the tags on it. We love you this much. Yeah. Here's your brand new shoes. You know, we love you this much. It's so interesting, man, how that affects a kid's mind. I mean, I, and the awareness. I try to teach that to my all my kids. I think that they all have a healthy dose of that understanding, but. I don't want them to go through life not real. One, I want them to go through life realizing that when they do have things, that that it's a blessing. It's Mm -hmm. not something that we deserve. It's something that we're kind of blessed with. We're Mm -hmm. lucky. A lot of that's chance to be born where we were born and the circumstances we're born in. That's a lot of it. And that's not something that I had a choice over. Right. And I try to really put that in them, especially with their peers and Mm -hmm. go, look, you know, kind of always keep an eye out for somebody with a need, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such a valuable tool that I hope will serve them. Because, I mean, in your life, look how it served you to be able to see that. Yes. Now, I was, and the fact that you're teaching your child, children that at an early age, I was raised in a home that always did for others. I'm very blessed. I mean, my dad was always... Uh, out there mowing the old people's yard. Now, my dad yeah. is 88. He's still out there mowing the old people's yards. Yeah. Uh, but we always had people in our home for meals and always bringing food if there was someone sick. So I was raised to see needs and help meet those needs. So I'm, I was very blessed that I was raised that way. Another story that uh, that touched me is we had sent clothes to Vinton Elementary, I believe it was. A child had been removed from their home for abuse and was living with a relative and came with no clothes and no anything so the school checked to see if we could provide uniforms and we did and uh, we had a chance to visit with the principal a few weeks after that and she said if you could have seen that child when we when we put on her clothes it was a little skort because apparently skorts don't sell well so they're always on sale so we always buy the sale stuff Mm. and uh, said she put it on and she spun around and it spun and said if you could have seen the look on her face and she's the principal said we don't know how long this little girl will be with us and said we may not teach her a thing but we know we'll always be remembered as the school that loved her enough to give her clothes yeah and i thought how amazing is that that this community you know made that impact on that child yeah that that's you can probably tell i mean that just i mean i I can't even imagine being on the front line like that Mm -hmm. you know i uh i don't always get an opportunity to serve or i don't always look i mean i'm being honest i mean Mm -hmm. a a lot of times i'm ashamed of of that and The one thing that just always pops in my head that I I tell my kids and I tell other people that are in close contact with me, I said the least 
the very least we can do is not look away. Mm-hmm. Right? right? I mean, because that's another plague I think that mm-hmm. we have in our world is just the looking away and going, mm-hmm. I can't think about it. my wife and I were just talking about that. I said, you know, I hear so often, especially on this type of show, because I interact with so many different people in different categories of doing good. Right. And one thing that I, I do notice sometimes in, in different conversations that, that have generated outside of this circle is uh, serenity is very important to people. People want to feel at peace. They want to have their stability mm-hmm. of mind and they want to say, you know, I don't want to be stressed out. I mean, nobody wants to feel those my things. Comfort I want my comfort zone. I like it zone. right here. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, we were kind of getting into a conversation about that this morning. I said, you know, I think sometimes apathy can disguise itself as serenity. Mm-hmm. And I hear that sometimes when I hear someone say, well, look, I get all that, all these problems, but I can't think about that or my serenity goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's just one version of that statement. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that really serenity or is that willful apathy? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're all guilty to some degree or another of going, okay, I can't worry about that. that that's somebody else's problem. I, I that. If I start getting over in there, then mine gets, yes. you know, and, my reason. And what can I do? I'm just yeah. one person. Gridlock. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What can I do? Do uh, you ever feel that? Yeah, I do. I did. And uh, one of the things that I think if God would have shown me to start with what I was going to see, I would have just balled up and gone to bed. It's like, yeah. Whoop, can't do it. Um, so big. It was so big. And when we started, uh, you know, because I, I knew it was going to start, but I hadn't really told except my little core group, and uh, which is mainly made up of retired teachers. My board of directors, there's nine, and six of them are retired teachers. And we were going down and working and everything, but then I made it Facebook official. Mm. Once you make it Facebook official, it's official. <laughs> right. And so we did our post and everything, and I remember laying in bed that night and thinking, okay, I have just promised to provide underwear to 35,000 children. Wow. That's, that's pretty scary. But um, within a few days, we had received a call because I'm still thinking North Lake Charles, that's where I'm going to be working. You know, that's where our place is. God's planted me there. That's where the need is. I'm still thinking, I know, I know what's going on. Within a few days of that Facebook post, we received a call from the school closest to my home, which is uh, St. John Elementary. Um, Almost, you can almost see the sign from my house. And they said, we know what you're doing. You're not open yet, but we have a child who needs shoes. Can we come get them? So, of course, we said yes. They came. Um, They called us three days later and said, the parents sold, S-O-L-D, the shoes we got from you. Um, Can we come get another pair? If we can, when the little girl gets off the bus, we'll put on her good shoes. And when she gets back on the bus, we'll take off her shoes. And I'm thinking, okay, that's not, that's close to my house. That's not what I was expecting. Also, before we opened Prien Lake, elementary school which is you know the the rich school that's people's perception the rich school they contacted us and they said we have a student that we're bathing every day so that that child won't be made fun of if you could give us a couple of extra uh changes of clothes then we could you know we could uh, wash them and it would make it easier on us and i'm thinking okay god i get it i think i know where my mission is it's in north lake charles and all of a sudden two schools within two miles of my home Mm. you have shown me okay you know girl you don't have a you don't have a clue you don't have a clue what you're in for yeah and and it has truly been i can say the need is truly across the parish it is not in one part more than the other part there is not a school 
in the parish. Now, I will have to say probably T.S. Cooley, which is the magnet school in Lake Charles, probably has the least of, of any of the schools. It's a very unique situation. But other than that, every school in Calcasieu Parish has these needs that we see there's not a school that doesn't have them and that's one of the things that we that i was not prepared to see and yeah i have seen it's interesting i mean i have so many thoughts and feelings just kind of running mm-hmm. through me right now i mean just these two stories just those little things i have this um been like this since i was a kid and I used to think of it as a problem, but I've come to just lean into it. And it's like whenever somebody starts telling a story. There's my, that, that was my water bottle popping. Okay. <laughs> somebody starts telling a story of somebody uh, suffering. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to use that word. I mean, mm-hmm. suffering, not mean like, you know, suffering has different levels. Yeah. But when somebody starts telling a story about that, it really just, I don't know, I, I visualize it. I can't mm-hmm. help but like almost put myself in an observer role like as if and i'm just watching these teachers you know as you're telling these stories and it just really gets inside my heart mm-hmm. i mean how valuable are the teachers to and, oh, your for, work for years i think these teachers have been doing this and i didn't know i mean i had no clue that these teachers were, were seeing this every day, that they were trying to meet these needs every day. And, and, I, and I think when we talk about us becoming blind to needs or not looking, they almost had to become to be able to function because there's no way a teacher financially or emotionally can go out and meet all these needs. Right. And so they almost had to blind themselves to a lot of these needs. Um, when I After about the first year, and I went and met with Mr. Brookhouse down at the, at the school system, he said, you, you know, Dewana, we are, we're going to have to completely retrain our teachers. He said, because for the first time in the history of this parish, there's no teacher in this parish that has to buy a pair of underwear when she sees it needed or a pair of shoes when they see it needed for a student. They don't have to do that. All they have to do is shoot off an email. When they run out of pencils in their class, all they have to do is sh- send out an email, and those things are going to be there because now we've gotten into supplies. Okay, that was what I was going to ask. Supplies, we've gone there now. He said, never before have these teachers had that. He said, so you've completely got to re- we've got to retrain them. All of a sudden, all they've got to do is teach and love. That's that's. That's what we're telling them as a parish now. And it's so neat to do that. And and I had a teacher come and tell me, she said, you know, we were sitting around the other day talking because I guess that's all teachers do. Not really. That's not what all (laughs) teachers do. She said we were sitting around talking and she said it's like since this program has started, we feel more respected than we have ever felt. And and I think when I go out and speak, I, I, I raise awareness of, you know, did we realize that these teachers were trying to do this? And, you know, that a teacher would tell me when she would see a child, the first thing she would do would go to be go to her own child's closet and see if there was something that maybe she could pass down from her child's closet. And if not, she would call her relatives and say, do y'all have a coat in this size? And if not, then she would try to go to a store and find something that she could afford to buy to put a coat on that ch- her student. You know, and these teachers, that was just a way of life for them. That's what they did is they tr- tried to provide not only for their families, but for their students families and so now we as a community have have stood up and said teachers you know you don't have to do that anymore we've got your back we're going to take care of you where did the funds come from to purchase the goods Um, now i mean you were doing that out of your own pocket originally right right? and when we started um and i tell this as a joke but it's the truth philip gave me twenty five thousand dollars and he said if if you know i'm going to give you this because i know it's very important to you that when it opens it 
it looked stocked and it looked fully funded. And so I joke and he gave me 25 and I took 35 and that's the honest to goodness truth. And I hoped he wouldn't notice the 10 extra, but he did. But anyway, so we spent 35,000 of our own money to buy the stuff and, and we shopped very smart and it was in October when we opened. So by that time, all the school clothes had gone on sale. And yeah. so we bought everything on sale and used coupons, did everything we could and stocked it for 35,000. And since then, the community has totally funded it. The community, community as in, as in businesses Parish, and individuals. Individuals. Yes, okay. it is so cool. To, I will have somebody in Walmart see me and hand me five a five dollar bill and wow. just say, "We know what you're doing, and here's this." And that is just that blesses me as much as um, a plant handing me ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I just, think about this every year. I'm so glad I'm talking to you because it's just this awareness that others don't have what you have. I mean. I don't want to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I try to tell that to my kids. I said, you know, I don't want you to walk around feeling guilty for having something. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel guilty because you got new shoes. I just want you to understand the value of what you have. And then also remember just have an awareness that other people don't always have these same blessings. And it's and we it, we owe it back mm-hmm. to some degree to at least know that that's the truth. And then when we have an opportunity to help, to help. Right. And I think that's so important. It's so important to just have that awareness, just to begin with that. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm Look, as much as I enjoy talking on Find the Good News about making a change, I'd be less than honest if I didn't admit that change is hard sometimes. I should get more quiet time. I should exercise more, walk more, sleep more. And the one thing that I know I should do without a doubt is eat better, healthier, and fresher. But there's a wide berth between knowing something and actually doing something about it. I love to cook, but just like those other should do's, I don't always make the time. This is where I have to tell you about Fresh Fuel because it takes procrastination out of my way. Fresh Fuel is a fresh take on getting healthy, wholesome, and satisfying foods in your life as a kickstarter to critical change that lasts. When you sign up for a Fresh Fuel program at thefreshfuel.com, you'll find tiers for your specific level of can't get up and go. I know I found mine. My friend and founder of Fresh Fuel, Megan Abraham, wants to do one thing and one thing only. She wants you and your family to eat healthier, delicious, home-cooked meals. That's it. With Fresh Fuel, Megan has taken all of the I can't do it out of putting better meals in front of the people you care about. And she's quick to remind that one of those people should include you. Go to thefreshfuel.com and choose the program that's right for you. Megan provides you with the recipes, supply lists, links, videos, goals, and very important here, access to the Fresh Fuel Facebook group where you can connect with other Fresh Fuelers, real people just like you and me, making the same journey. What I love most about meal prepping with Fresh Fuel is that you don't have to do it alone. Megan is right there with you every step of the way, making the same changes you are. Fresh Fuel isn't a diet. It's a life change for those of us that just have trouble changing. Since I signed up for Fresh Fuel, I'm cooking more, eating better, and honestly, I'm feeling better too. I believe in Fresh Fuel so much that I asked Megan to offer Find the Good News listeners a chance to try it out at a discount. Just go to thefreshfuel.com, select one of Megan's signature programs, Fresh Fuel 28, 
the 28 plus or the 28 pro plan and then enter the code good news to get 10% off your program. That's 10% off a fresh fuel signature program by visiting thefreshfuel.com and entering the code good news. Fresh fuel has been good news in my life and I'm betting that thefreshfuel.com will be good news for you too. And I mean, listening to what you're talking about, I, I, I'm fascinated by it because I've talked to so many people on this show. Just a few episodes back, there was a gentleman whose story started very similar to yours. Different service, different need, totally, but it was the same way. It was like he started doing this thing kind of uh, in a small way because he, it moved his heart. And then it's turned into some like huge thing, and now he's got, you know... A whole system behind it now. Right. And I thought, wow, this is interesting. I love how this starts, how this little seed gets planted inside of mm-hmm. your heart, and then it just begins to unfold like a, a lotus or something. Just yes. keeps the petals just keep pouring out, and then now there's all this support. I love that. It is sometimes I almost feel guilty because it has been so. Um, I don't. It's been so easy, and I don't want to say easy in not that. I mean, we work. Uh, and and the, the girls, we're all old women, but we call ourselves girls because it makes us feel good. Uh, we have put blood, sweat, and tears into it and the hours we put into it. So I don't mean easy in that way. Right. But I mean easy when it came time. Because for the first few months, we worked under the uh, school even though we weren't part of the school system, we weren't a 501c3. So we worked under them. So when anybody wanted to make a donation, they would write a check to the school we were located in. Oh, okay. Then I would turn in all my receipts to the school, and then we would be reimbursed that way. I see. Which was a headache, because I am not a record keeper. Um, like, I don't even sign checks on Dewana's Closet account, because that is, oh my goodness, that's not my strong point, and I know it's not, and I acknowledge that. And so, like, more than once, I had to go down to the auditors at the school board and say, look, you know, I... I I'm trying to do my best, you know. Right, don't right. Yell at me. Anyway, um, so and, and they all love me, and they were all very supportive. But anyway, you know, I just anyway. So well, you but, focus on me. your strengths. Yes, I do, and, and mine is not in keeping up with receipts and records, and I know that, so I do my best. Um, so anyway, um, so we have an attorney friend who came and said, "Look, I I know what you're doing, and it's great, and I want to do all the paperwork for your 501c3 as my gift to you." So I didn't have to pay for that. We didn't have to pay for that. And he made it so I only had to answer a very few questions, and Philip answered most of those. Because if I would have had to sit down and filled out paperwork, it would have never gotten done. So that was something we didn't have to struggle with. And um, the school board called us very early on and said, look, we have a, a plant that is wanting to do something to make an impact in the community. And we've just told them about your program. And, you know, they want to give you $10,000. And it, it's just been we've had so many things like that come on now that doesn't mean i still i don't get out there and i go speak and i beg for money i do it i do it i do it but still it's been um it's just been it hasn't we haven't had the struggles a lot of um a lot of nonprofits have had we've been very very blessed yeah and we don't take that for granted well and that's what i i guess i've i've learned in this last year doing this is that there are so many needs and it's it's a kaleidoscope mm-hmm. i mean it's a manifold every direction you look i mean you're you're servicing these needs mm-hmm. and they, they are real needs and there's just so many mm-hmm. i mean on so many levels and there's just so many people that are working that are trying to help um put a salve or a balm on all right. these things that people need and it's it can bring you almost i mean i hate to say it but i mean i i tend to lean um 
if I'm being truthful, I tend to lean a little more on the despair side. I get a little uh, sorrowful, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I have to watch it mm-hmm. because that I can slide off into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder in your work, have you ever experienced uh, that? Yes. And like, um, I can't think the way the way we my attitude has had to be and my my thinking is I can't control it all what happens before that child steps off that bus at that school mm. and I can't control what happens once that child gets home all I can do is make those few hours at school the very best possible and I can give that teacher every opportunity she can to love and impact that child i can remove as much worry from that child as even philip says that there were times that he said in class and he knew he should be concentrating on that teacher but he was concentrating on the clothes another child had on that yeah. looked different than what he had on yeah and that his shoes weren't quite like everybody else's and instead of concentrating on what he should have been right and and i just want that child when they step off that bus to not have to try to hide their shoes or hide the stains in their shirt to just be able to you know flop around like every other kid until the bell rings and then go in and when the teacher says pull out your pencil not have to like shrink down again because they know they don't have a pencil to be able to pull out that pencil and when that teacher looks at that child I don't want her heart to break because she sees the big hole in the shirt I want her just to be able to look at that child and to love that child and to pour everything she has into that child without all these things that we can can control because we can control shirts and pants and pencils mm. those are things we can control yeah and okay i'm getting no it, I'm it's preaching. so pleased okay. dude, because i mean i'm yes. feeling you i feel the uh, energy um, coming off yes. of you it's i agree with everything you're saying another I mean, thing so i had boring. to uh, overcome is uh don't you realize you're just making it easier on the parents you know they're not having to buy these things they weren't going to buy them anyway and i but i did have to overcome that it's like you know yeah yeah they're but they're not going to buy them anyway and i can't that's for them they have to deal with that and they have to live with that in their choices you know i'm just not going to worry about that yeah i I don't know i'm just going to talk about this because it's in my head it it makes me think of something that happens to me a lot or something i see a lot i like to thrift shop Mm -hmm. i like to go to diggy stores and i mean just to see fine neat things i mean a lot of the stuff in here is just things that i go oh that's different or that's neat or it has a meaning and so I go to places like Goodwill or Salvation Army or like, you know, secondhand stores, but I'm not going there. And this is clear to me. When I go to Care Help in Sulphur, I'm not going to Care Help because I my pants have holes in them. And I'm not digging through the rack to find my waist size and my length because I need the cleanest pair of pants to go to a job interview mm-hmm. or a belt or, or because my pants are falling down because I haven't eaten. Mm-hmm. And so when I go in those places, I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I, I do out of my, in my peripheral senses, whatever they are, I do see people who have, who are there. And it's painfully clear to me that we're here for two different reasons. And I just go and, and I've gotten to where that's almost become like my, uh, I don't know how to frame this, like a, a spiritual exercise sometimes to just go in there and I hate to say eavesdrop. But just to sense that Mm -hmm. and remind myself that I'm not here out of need. Mm -hmm. I'm here to see what other people have thrown away that I can rummage Mm -hmm. and find and maybe sit on a shelf or Uh 
find something that uh, is odd or cool. The game, the hunt. The yes. hunt, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, yes. a, like an antique shopper type yes. of mentality. Yeah. But there's other people, and I, I watched it the other day. I was in there. And I watched a father with his child, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to find clothes to fit his little girl. Mm -hmm. And they were, it was tense. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like you could just sense the survival mode Mm -hmm. of the whole thing. And it just, you know, I think it's, again, I get back to awareness, how much value is there in awareness. Sometimes it makes me feel uh, guilty Mm -hmm. for having resources Mm -hmm. or, or not using them better or squandering them on luxuries i don't know it's just something that uh it it scratches at my uh at my brain a little bit mm-hmm. you know and listening to you talk about that i i think about it and the word that i keep thinking of is like the, the bleed like i wonder how hard that is you know and you could you really did illustrate it really well to to not bleed into these other territories you know when you know once you sense that a child isn't being provided for they don't have shoes they don't have clean underwear they don't Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. even toiletries their Mm -hmm. hair is not combed they're they haven't taken a bath whatever Mm -hmm. it may be you can slide off into this sort of um play that forward and go well what else is going on right you know are they fed right you know is there even a parent at home and you just and, and, and where do not. you stop? Sometimes uh, I had an elementary school tell me, you know, there was a seven-year-old girl that was getting herself ready for school every morning because her mom had to be to work early. And she would forget to put on underwear, you know. And so we sent underwear to the school so that when she would get there with no underwear, they had underwear to put her on, put on her. And this was a mom that was trying to work, but she had, you know, and the little girl would get ready and the mom was doing the best she could do. One of my very favorite stories is a, one of the rural elders rural elementary schools uh, here in Calcasieu Parish called us and they had a little boy in kindergarten that had TT'd on himself so they, he was being raised by a single dad. They called the single dad and said you know you need to come bring us some clothes so we can get him back in class and the dad came and said I'll have to pick him up. This is his only uniform. He has one and so I have to bring him home so the little boy missed the rest of the day out of class again. That's what we don't want these kids. We want them in class. And uh, the school called us said, this little boy comes to school clean every day. We had no idea there was any issue in this home or much less that he had one uniform. So here was a dad, single dad, doing the very best he could do, keeping his kids spot Spick, spot and span, spick, I'm spick and span, <laughs> keeping his kid clean. Anyway, um, so we sent the two complete new sets of uniforms, new shoes, new uh, underwear, everything. But here was a here was a dad not asking for help, didn't want anybody to know he needed help. But um, anyway, we were able to help that. So it's not always those with their hands out. You know, sometimes there's just people out there like that, and so we were able to meet that need. That's one that makes you feel uh, good about. Mm. Um, one of our things, once we once the money came in and, and we felt that we were pretty secure funded for our clothes, then that's when we got into the supplies. We said, okay, we've got the kid. He looks good. He feels good. He goes, sits down in class. And then the teacher says, okay, pull out your notebook. He doesn't have a notebook. All of a sudden, he shrinks down again. He feels like, okay, I'm different. I, right. I'm different. So that's, okay, we want this kid to have a notebook. So we got into that. So uh, two, not this last school year, but the school year before when it ended, well, in in April, I think we called down to Mr. Brookhouse. I laughed that he's going to block my number because I always call him with these weird questions. And I said, how long? I know that the principals send y'all their list and y'all approve it and then send it back to them and they give it to the parents from the time the principal sends it to you and you approve it and the parents see it. How much time is there? He said about a month. And I said, okay, I would like you to give us that list and in a month's time, 
we want to see how many of those things we can get donated and then y'all take them off the list and the parents don't have to buy them we collect the money and buy the stuff and get it to the schools and he says okay we'll see so anyway they did it and we raised one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in a month and that was things that those families didn't have to go out and buy those teachers didn't have to go out and buy and when they got to school in august the teachers got there those crayons or pencils or whatever were there and it worked so well that this year they got us the list in january and we raised 263 we reduced the list by two hundred sixty three thousand dollars for every elementary school in the parish. The whole list was 591000 and we were, were able to reduce it by 263000 So every elementary school in Calcasieu Parish, public school, had supplies taken off by members of this community. There were about 22 complete grades that got everything donated. Uh, Maplewood, since I'm in Sulphur, we'll pick on them. Second and third grade had all of their supplies donated. Cypress Cove, I think second grade it was. Frash second grade maybe it was third grade at cypress cove anyway those parents don't have to buy a single supply this year and now we received um one of the one of the donors that donated last year called me in when i called them and said hey it's that time again i said we want to talk to you we're going to give to you but we want to talk to you so i thought oh great what have i done now (laughs) so i go down there and they said you we're going to give to you because if they give twenty five hundred dollars they get their logo on the supply drive so the next time oh, you, okay. you're in walmart or something pull up the supply drive and you'll see yeah. some logos at the bottom and that's people that gave us at least twenty five hundred some of us gave considerably more but at least twenty five hundred buys your spot on there and they said we're going to give to you but make us feel good about buying school supplies for doctors kids and lawyers kids and what they mean is okay i was going to ask okay. what they mean is when you buy a supply, when you go to our website, it says, okay, Maplewood second grade to buy all the pencils, it's going to cost you $200. And if you do that, then you're buying for every second grade kid in Maplewood. Regardless, regardless of financial. Regardless of right. financial. Okay. Because it's too hard to print a poor kid and a rich kid supply list. That's not going to yeah, do Yeah, and you then know? you've got it. Then you, again, yes. you're, you're actually creating yes. a new system where you're going, well, these kids got supplies yes. and these didn't. So yes. they must be, you know. And the, this is just the way it works. Yeah. And so, and so I just told him, first of all, you should never question me because I'm doing God's work. So don't you dare question me. <laughs> and after they pick themselves up off the floor. No, I said, you know, you have every right to question me. And, and this is the only way we can do this is we can't break it up. And it's too complicated. And uh, explained to them that with our clothing system, it's different. But with this supply drive, this is the only way that we can make it work. Right. And um, and I did tell them, though, that some of these families who had had all their supplies donated then made a donation to Dewana's Closet. I was what, wondering. Yes, okay. they did. Several of them and several grandparents did the same thing. Said, you know, this That's is awesome, really awesome and it's worth for me not have to go out and fight this fight. Here's money. And um, anyway, so it, it, we don't mind being questioned and sometimes we don't know the answers and we'll try. But I thought that was a very legitimate question because we do. Yeah. Uh, that that's a, that's a good question. It is. Uh, but that's the way we run the supply drive is if a supply gets bought, it gets spot for every single uh, family in that and there's a lot of middle income that can use help too we, sure. re- we received an email from a teacher and she said you know she said i was really dreading she said we're having i'm a single mom and i'm a teacher and i have three kids and she said i got to tell you i was dreading seeing those supply lists and she said uh when i pulled it up and saw the size of them she said you don't we won't know the pressure that was off my shoulders when i saw that and i just appreciate what you do yeah and uh, then we got an email from a mom a single 
single mom of three daughters and two a set of twins and the the twins were in a class that got all their supplies donated mm. and she said you cannot believe the difference this has made in our summer and she said i would like to find some way that my girls and i can come donate some time and help you with the project to thank you for what you've done and so and these are all working families that were going to go out and buy these supplies but now they don't have to and these are families that normally don't get help or don't go out and ask for help but we've been able to help them through this program i mean i can relate to what you're saying i remember when i moved back here in 2004 i lived in north louisiana as i said i mean i had got was in a divorce and starting over i've described it to people like um my house caught on fire and I got to take what I could fit into a suitcase and, you know, and I was raising my kids. I mean, it was a co-domicile situation, but I was struggling. I mean, mm-hmm. financially it was hard Two households, mm-hmm. child support. It was not, I didn't have like some really high paying job. And I remember that feeling. And I remember, I mean, I did a lot of things that I, I recall that, I mean, it was very humbling. Like, I mean, I was talking about this with somebody not on this show. So, but I remember being signed up for angel food, mm-hmm. you know, and like splitting a box of angel food with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, and that was it. You know, it was whatever came in that or when school supplies, I remember going to Goodwill and trying to find clothes that were mm-hmm. in good shape. And I, I do, I remember dreading the school supply list mm-hmm. and just, and just saving for little slivers of my payday whatever i could hoping i would have enough and then like going okay well i can't get everything mm-hmm. but i'll maybe after school starts i can get this thing and maybe this binder and that mm-hmm. and i mean i think it's easy to forget that there are people out there that are living off of the shavings or providing for their children off of the shavings that story about that dad i mean it wasn't exactly that but i remember mm-hmm having two or three uniforms mm-hmm. and going okay i mean for a full school week three uniforms is not going to make the whole yeah. week and if you're working and mm-hmm. and just trying to go home wash get mm-hmm. it done make sure that you know that mm-hmm. they didn't look like that they had need yeah they didn't they didn't go to school looking like they mm-hmm. had need but i mean there was an a, a type of need i mean maybe not that mm-hmm. extreme but you know i get it and so that was a long time ago I don't forget it. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know, hearing what you're doing, God, just really those little things like mm-hmm. that, taking that load off of those middle, those mm-hmm. people out there that are just shaving along, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to to do good with what they've got. Well, that's what uh, it has just grown into so much more than buying underwear. I mean, that's, yeah. that's when we started. That's really what we thought we were doing. But it's grown into so, so much more. We wrote the 501c3 to include uh, clothing supplies and food because we we wanted not to to lock ourselves in mm, yeah food is something that we um have not gone into because we first of all we don't have the room we've now moved out of the school into uh we used to, we had a guest house and we've converted that totally now into the closet oh wow it takes up the whole thing um but we had our first uh school contact us and told us they had it was in South Lake Charles here again. God's showing me this is, you know, within throwing distance of your house almost. Uh, 12 kids that they felt went home 
on Friday and probably didn't have food until they came back to school on Monday. This is this is in Calcasieu Parish. This is not in Africa. This is in Calcasieu Parish. And, um, you know, is there any way we could help? And so my parents attend a small church very close to that school. And that church had come to me and given us a donation and said, you know, we would like to work with you in some form if you ever have an opportunity for us to. And so I went to that church. And so now for two years, that school is up to 22 kids this year that they feel is in that same situation. So every Friday um, they bring, now y'all do that in for care help has a does wonderful the program, blessings. right? Yeah, and I was, we, I was going to ask yes, if y'all had it's ever. Same, we don't really have that program that I know of in Lake Charles. Um, anyway, so. Uh, my parents' church now has partnered, uh, the Nazarene Church there in Lake Charles has partnered with that school and has provided for those. Um, Nelson, I mean, no, no, uh, S.J. Welch and Barb have both started food banks uh, at on site for their students if they feel like go home on weekends that probably don't have food. Uh, and these are schools that you wouldn't think would have that need but they do yeah um it's it is in absolutely every school yeah it's not um it's not limited to a certain segment of the parish i was surprised by that when i had jody come on and uh, from care help mm-hmm. and talk about that and, and the numbers just kind of floored me yes. you know and I, i've every one of these episodes when i get to visit with somebody there's always somebody who listens that says well you know, but I have some more information about that that y'all can talk about. Yeah. And I'd hate to say it with that tone, but I do, yeah. I've heard those things. Yes. And like, well, yeah, but that's not exactly 100 percent. Yes. The way it is, you know, and uh, I on that when it came to the food need, somebody said, well, you know, I've seen kids who get those and they just they eat the fruit roll ups and they throw in there. They're throwing them in the trash and all that. And I said, yeah, I, and that's going to happen with mm-hmm. anything in life. Mm-hmm. But it's the ones that really that don't do it. That you know, you, you just gotta you gotta do the shotgun blast and try to hit as many of them as right. you can because there are some that are going to take that home and it's going to get them through the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and that's that's where the naysayer. It's almost like um, that apathy comes in. It's saying, "Well, it's what about ism?" I guess mm-hmm. where it's saying, "Well, th- some of them are throwing that away." So then should we not do it at all? Mm-hmm. And I just have to, I always lean on the side of it doesn't matter. Yes. Do the work, do the good thing, help the ones that are going to get helped, mm-hmm. you know? Right. That's, We're going to make a difference do. to some. That's right. And I'm happy. I know You're driving down the road. Everything is going just fine. You're listening to the new episode of Find the Good News in Your Car, and you're all stoked about trying out this zipper merge thing you've been hearing about when all of a sudden you hear that sickening tap on your windshield that's just a little too loud. I've got some bad news for you. You've just got yourself a rock chip. Unfortunately, I've got some worse news. If you don't take care of that rock chip, it's going to turn into a crack. But I do have some good news too. You don't have to have a rock chip or a crack because I've got a way for you to take care of it ASAP. If you go to asapglassco.com right now, you can stop that chip from winding across your windshield like the Calcasieu River. I used to be terrible about getting a rock chip, saying I'll take care of that later, and then later turns into this irritating crack that just spreads from one side of my windshield to the other. I should have taken care of it ASAP by scheduling a repair with ASAP Glass. ASAP Glass is local, right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and they're mobile. Even better, you can get a quote right from your mobile phone at ASAPGlassCo.com. 
ASAP Glass is owned and operated by two of my best friends, lifelong friends, Dan and Kayla Smith. Dan the Glass Man will make sure his team of glass technicians gets to your job ASAP and make sure it's done right so you can keep that windshield crack out of sight. If you do get that rock chip and you don't take care of it ASAP, that's okay. ASAP Glass does complete windshield replacements. Remember, ASAP Glass is mobile, so you don't have to worry about finding time to drop your vehicle off at their shop. You get your quote at ASAPGlassCo.com. Make your appointment with Kayla, and then before long, an ASAP Glass van is on its way to your location. That's it. I know you're probably looking at a rock chip right now. Don't wait. Take care of it ASAP. Go to ASAPGlassCo.com on your mobile device and get a quote. That's ASAPGlassCo.com. And make sure to tell Dan and Kayla you heard about ASAP Glass on Find the Good News. And we're trying to find better ways to do things. One of the things that we're stressing, we did it last summer again this summer, is the different groups and churches have the big events where they invite people onto their campuses and they give the kids a backpack full of uh, school supplies. Well, we've realized after talking to teachers that those kids show up on the first day of school with nothing but the backpack. Because mm. as soon as these kids get home, they take everything out of the backpack and they play with it. They cut up the paper with the scissors and they color and they do all that. And But they, they know where the backpack is the first day school starts. So they grab that and run off to school. And so we're encouraging organizations to still have your events and still give the kids the backpack because that they show up with. But please get those supplies directly to a school. Choose a school yeah. and get it there and so you know let's be smart with what with the money that we're spending sure and, and that's that's one of the things that we're doing and we just I was meeting with the uh, Westlake uh, mayor and his secretary last week and we were talking about the food issue and, and I was telling him you know probably if all these other schools have kids that need food your schools do too and she was just telling me about a church there that does a feeding program and they give the families big boxes of food and here lately the families haven't even been showing up to pick up these boxes of food and how what a shame that is and it's true some families are even too lazy to go get free food and that's a shame but maybe if that church could redirect the money that they're spending and and just say okay we're going to give it directly to kids you know we're mm. going to put it in those backpacks so you know let's be wise with how we're spending our money and if our program isn't working the way that we are, are doing it now then let's find another way to get that food home and maybe it's not expecting that mom and dad to get in the car and come down here let's put it in the backpacks of these kids let's be wise with what yeah. we do let's that kind of touches on a subject i'm just curious about Have you ever experienced anybody that just refuses to help we had uh, we had one middle school that refused to let their children bring home food okay. and the child would stay at school on friday and eat all the food oh eat all they, the food on friday because they couldn't bring it home Oh, the school wouldn't let him bring it home? No, the parents wouldn't. The parents wouldn't would let not. the kid bring it home. Right. So really? he would take it, get it on Friday, and eat it all before he left. Wow. Yeah. That's the only one we've had any issues with. Yeah. Have you ever had any schools that have been um, apprehensive oh, of the program? Oh, no. So it's no. No. Open arms. Open arms. Absolutely. Now, we got... It started off. It started off so slow. We we opened on that grand opening day, and people came in and they took the stuff. There were a lot of questions like, uh, if it doesn't fit, do I have to return it? And we said, absolutely no. You keep it at your school because you'll have another child that needs it. I see. Uh, we keep. Uh, we keep records of everything we we give out and that's so we know where we're sending stuff okay. and what sizes we send the most of just kind of to help us but um 
it, we it was really busy the first day and then after that it wasn't busy we went several weeks with like almost nobody but because i'm not a teacher i didn't realize that every thursday teachers couldn't just shut everything down and run down there i mean that's really what i thought in my oh, head was yeah, going to happen gotcha. okay and so finally uh bell city sent us sent me an email and said can you enter office mail we need these shoes we need this size can you enter office mail i mean i, I shot back my email and i said sure so i asked the girls it was on a day we were working i said hey what's inner office mail and they said well that's where you uh you send it down to central office and they have these little boxes and you put it in there and somebody from the school comes and picks it up i said that's the coolest thing ever so i sent out this email to all the schools in and said we now enter office mail so then like our orders went we were like amazon and so um we were uh, we went through our first summer. Well, our first summer we do giveaways. Like we we've accumulated all this stuff that teachers can use. So we listed it on our Facebook pages, and teachers want it. And so we were bringing boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff down there to inner office mail. And my son is on the school board. And so one day he called me. He said, "Mom, what's your delivery system?" And I said, "Well, I, we bring it down to the central office, and they we inner office mail it." He said, "Oh, okay." He said, "Well, I was talking to Mr. Brookhouse today, and he was telling me how wonderful your program is, but y'all kind of needed to work on your delivery system." And he said, "Mom, you can't do that because you're not part of the school school board. You can't use inner office mail." And I said. Oh, oh, oh. Huh. that would be just like if you needed to send something to uh, Sam Houston High School, you had a letter. So you ran down to the inter- to the school board and, and gave them your letter. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't do that <laughs> right, because right. you're not part of the school system. I'm not in the system. You're not in the right. system. And, and I'm not in the system. And not, I wasn't just bringing them one letter. I was bringing them boxes, boxes and boxes stuff, right. and boxes of stuff. So anyway, so uh, I said, you know what? I'd never thought about that. And so anyway, so what we do now is we have delivery drivers that come every week on Thursdays and pick up our uh, orders. And these are all volunteers and uh, deliver them to all the schools. Okay. And so that, that worked. Now, last year when we did our supply drive and we raised $130,000, I didn't realize how many boxes of crayons and how many boxes of pencils that were, that was. And all of a sudden, literally 18 wheelers with pallets of supplies started coming to what used to be my guest house and dropping this stuff off. And <laughs> We were labeling them, and we tried for two days to deliver them ourselves, and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I have a cousin and her husband who retired from the school system up in Washita Parish, and they happened to be down here, and he said, Duana, you call Mr. Brookhouse today, and you explain to him your situation. So I did, and I said, Mr. Brookhouse, I've got all this stuff. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, how many drivers do you need, and when do you need them? And I said, I don't know. And so the next day, he had three drivers and three vans there, and they delivered everything for us. Wow. And then he said, oh, so after last after that, two years ago, and we got together with Mr. Brookhouse and said, okay, this is, you know, it went really good. Let's try it again next year. And he said, okay, next year, you know, you use our warehouses to store your stuff. We will deliver your stuff. So they do all of our school supply stuff for wow, us. Wow, that's great. Yes. Yeah, so we do all the monthly clothes and all that so stuff. So you all have a disbursement yes, system now that yes, works really yes. well. So they do all of our big school supply stuff for us. Have you now that now that you've i mean it's really you've got it all kind of you're fig, continuing to figure it out and tighten the screws uh-huh. do you have you had people in other communities outside of calcasieu parish that have um, like said hey we want to do this over here can you teach us we out? had somebody in east baton rouge uh email us and just said we really need this system in our uh you know parish what would it take and i just told him i said really you know Get me some business people and some school people, and I will be more than happy to come talk to yeah. you. And we have you just kind of give them, them the yes, presentation. Yes, we would yeah. love to do that. Um, 
we as far as we know, we're the only parish or county in the country that does this. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. I mean, this is very unique. Uh, this is very unique. When uh, Before we opened, Philip and I researched it because we wanted to go visit a community that did this, mainly to see how they funded it and how yeah. they kept it going, and we could not find one. We found several that, like, a church would partner with the school, and they would do used clothing, and they would bring it in, and then they would let families come in and shop and things like that. But we could find absolutely nothing that did what we do with with new clothing and then they maintain it year round and that they have a delivery system and as far as we know nothing and since we've opened we've had other people say oh you know we do this and then we go research it because we want to see and it's like no it's not the same thing it's not the same thing at all and so as far as we know we're the only one in the country that does that's this. really that have cool? y'all, yeah it really is have y'all received any um recognition at any outside of um no and we're not really looking well for i know we I, ain't got time for that well i know you're doing the work that's right <laughs> I, I, on the same token they can send though, us a check yeah they well that's what i was going to say i mean money you know but, uh, getting getting out there like that that sometimes generates extra support yes that would be great we could definitely use that well and then if anything else i mean just but if uh, it could help another community get started yes right because it is it is it just works it does it just works and i had a judge one of the first places i spoke one of the local judges his mom was a teacher and he came up afterwards and said one if you can just get your message out he said this is going to go he said this just makes sense it it makes sense yeah well i mean look i mean just sitting here listening to you i mean i I, full confession i mean i i can't help but relate it to my own self my Mm -hmm. own situation i think god what a what a blessing it Mm would have been to have had something like that Mm -hmm. when i was struggling Mm -hmm. to to get by Mm -hmm. i mean you know and then how i wonder i think the way you're doing it too the way it goes through the school system makes it so much easier because you know you said that about that church that had the the food boxes i hate to say this word and i seem to be using it a lot lately but i think there's a there's some shame attached to not being able to take care of Mm -hmm. your people i mean i remember feeling that shame of needing a resource or shame of needing help with something because you just feel like god failed or "I, i i can't do it or I'm not good enough. And, and those feelings do, they create this sort of less than, you know, mm-hmm. this, this person that's separate from other people. And, 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 you know, so you don't want to have to go stand in that line or go put your hands out or, or hold your bowl out and say, I need a meal. And I think that's hard for people. Mm-hmm. And it's a pride that just kicks mm-hmm. in. And so, yeah, be, the way y'all are doing it, probably like that family that wouldn't let their child bring the food mm-hmm. home, you know, that's maybe a little pride uh-huh. you know i don't know what it is i'm yeah. just assuming it has to yeah. be a little dose of it and that's that's kind of poisonous pride to some yeah. degree because it's not helping you it's hurting yes. you yeah and i just i don't know i think uh your system does it works the way you're describing it because you you get the people get the blessing without having to wear the red letter so mm-hmm. to speak you know and we really don't know i mean i i to this day i don't know the name of a single child that we've helped um, that wow, you know, because we don't. The teacher doesn't tell us the principal or the counselor. They just say they give us a gender and the sizes they need. I love that. And I love that you don't. On. That again, getting back to what you said earlier about, you know, sell us on providing school supplies for doctors and lawyers' children. Mm-hmm. I love that it's just equal. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's faceless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And and another thing is in that classroom, when that doctor's kid pulls out their pencil, it's going to look just like the pencil of the kid that's a single parent kid. Yeah. You know, their, their pencils all look like, like you know, yeah. one of them doesn't have a little hair on the top and all the cute little stuff. <laughs> right. They're all just alike. You right, know, and right. Stuff like that. 
Uh, and that's one of the things that one of the teachers said, man, they're all just alike. My scissors are all just alike. You know, yeah, they so like cool. that. They like that. Yeah, yes, yeah they I like can that. see that. Uh, so that's one of the things. I guess one of my dreams would be that one day we provide all of them. And if we went from 130 to 260, who's to say that next year we won't be at 590? That's incredible. Isn't that cool? I guess I didn't realize. I mean, it's so, uh, I know you don't didn't like the name, mm-hmm. Dewana's Closet. Mm-hmm. But uh, because the name, it's crazy. It just implies like a little... The little space and a little closet <laughs> where maybe there's some stuff. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'll, it doesn't really portray... I guess I think of like I don't know if you know anything about like Doctor Who, you know, but he's he's got the little phone booth. Yeah, yes, okay, you, yeah. But you know, on uh-huh. the outside it's a little phone booth, but when you open yes. it up, it's a big spaceship uh-huh. inside. You know, it's huge, and it makes me think of that. Like uh-huh. uh, you open this little door, it's so humble and yeah. simple, but inside is this wonderful. Well, that's why when people come to our facility and they open it up, and there's like. This is like a store because here's our room with all our pants and there's a room with all our shirts and there's a room with all our underwear and then there's a garage with all the supplies. It's like, wow, this is legit. And it's like, yeah, yeah this is this is really legit. It's here to stay. So what's your main vehicle for like getting your your mission out there and your message? Is uh our Facebook page has been tremendous. We really? have like 4500 followers. Wow, that's healthy. And it is because I keep thinking okay i need to le- i need to take a class to learn how to do this stuff because i've not taken any classes i haven't taken any classes on fundraisers i haven't taken any classes on social media and it's like i need to do that but i don't have time to do that sure that's a lot of work it it's is. a lot of work yeah. but if we raise two hundred sixty three thousand dollars for school supplies and i have forty five hundred dollars forty five hundred followers on our facebook page maybe i don't need to take a class maybe i just need to keep working i yeah, don't know it, it, it sounds like it's growing it's, it's yeah. done you really started well. at about what 2016 16 yeah we, we're a little less than three years old yeah we're three years in october um but i know that we can do more and I need to do more but um, anyway so really I guess Facebook has been our biggest way to get our word out and then I go out and speak to raise money I speak yeah. to anybody that will let me speak okay so I, I speak in churches I speak at rotary clubs uh, I'm, I'm speaking to I've spoken one of my favorite ones is I spoke to a group of five and one of them fell asleep but at the <laughs> end they gave me $300 so I didn't care yeah. uh, I was fine um, anyway so I will that's just really how we do but mainly uh, teachers telling each other has been one of the word of mouth, the be- word of mouth yeah. has been one of the best ways. Well, they're your front line. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing this whole time is that they're the eyes. They're the ones that are yes. engaging with the children day to day. They yes. know the needs. Yes. Yeah. That's a really like you have an army. Yes. And intelligence. Yes. And one know? of our great, then we, uh, the newspaper did a, a front page article on us uh, two weeks ago. Which, oh, okay. This was very interesting because they called and said, we're running a front page article on you tomorrow and we would like a picture to go with it. And I'm thinking, you haven't even talked to me. How can you do that? Interesting. Okay. But they did it and it was a, a good article. They So they just pulled the information from, from, from social media. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't know you could do that. But anyway, they did. But it was on our project with the chairbacks, okay. which um, I don't know if you know that whole story no, no, okay tell me. okay chairbacks are these things that fit on the back mm-hmm. of a child's chair and they put their books and things in them right well two years ago we realized okay when you walk into a class of 20 two kids don't have chairbacks those are the poor kids and again they feel different so we went out and in one day spent sixty three hundred dollars on chairbacks which about killed us because it's like oh my goodness this is a lot of money but um we did we came to yourself or walmart because they were the only ones that had them left it was after school and uh, had to pay full price for them they wouldn't discount them or anything i was crushed but that's okay that's all right anyway so um 
we said, okay, this, we can't do this again next year. we got to find a better way. So one night I was laying in bed watching Shark Tank, and uh, they were making backpacks out of billboards. Yes, I've okay. seen them. Okay. Those, yeah. The billboards yeah. that come off of si- mm-hmm. you know, off the roads. So I said, okay, we if they can do that, we can do chairbacks. So I called our ad agency. Uh, not The closet doesn't have an ad agency, but Philip and I own a Lake Charles Toyota. And so I called yeah. our ad agent and said, can you get me some billboard billboards? Vinyls, and he did. Yeah. So we started making chairbacks out of the vinyl and yeah. uh first of all we didn't i didn't know how big they were they're huge, they're huge uh, right. we they were, don't look that oh big from my, the ground they don't. they're huge, they're huge. Yeah. we would lay them out in my front yard we would get out there and cut them we literally had a woman pass out from the heat one time it was so hot and then we would have people that would sew them really okay. and, and it was very time consuming it was labor intensive but we did it it wasn't costing us anything but we did it because i said we cannot continue paying this price but these kids have to have chair bags so we were able for about a year to keep up and maintain that without spending any money but the whole time i'm thinking they've got to find a better way so i made enough phone calls and finally got in touch with prison enterprises which angola makes things angola prison okay and um they had never made them before but i sent them the specs and they had some vinyl that they use in making mattresses with and so this year they are making all the chairbacks for the whole parish oh wow uh, sixteen thousand of them and the school board has paid for them for the whole parish whole par- for every pub- i have to i have to say every public school every because public we, we school, don't right. serve private schools okay. and the charter schools um every private elementary school will have a chair back made by angola prison and paid for by the school board i didn't know that yes yes wow so no child will have to buy a chair back wow um, so walmart software you will not sell one single chair back i'll wow. show you for not yeah. discounting well, you know not i was really. actually They've i did want to kind of pause. i mean you gotta call that <laughs> out great. a little bit though no. i mean you know i mean it's it, it is interesting i mean i know they they have their profit margins but and stuff, in but. their defense those were made in Beauregard Parish, I always assume they came from China. They don't. They came from Beauregard Parish, from their like what we have, Cark. Beauregard Parish has bark. Oh, okay. Well, when okay. I found that out, then I felt bad. I see, because so, you because you were. I got you. That explains okay. it a little more. Yeah. So yeah. I brought three hundred people. I. I, I First, I got in touch with them and went and told them what we were doing. And they said, we know we've been following you. We, we've been nervous. <laughs> said, okay, you know, uh, I can't pay your denim prices. And, you know, I can't. And they said, okay, would you bring us some vinyl and let us... Uh, we will make them. I think they were going to make them for us for two fifty a piece if we provided the vinyl, which still meant we had to get down and cut the vinyl and do all that. And I said, yeah. okay, we'll we'll do that because you, you're a nonprofit. I understand. So we brought them three hundred pieces of vinyl and brought it up there, and they sewed them for us. And we brought them back. And literally, as I was taking them out of my car, they were coming apart. Oh. So I, I have a niece who was in pre-K at the time, so I brought her out there. I said, baby, see if you can pull these apart. And so she was pulling them apart. And so I videoed that and sent the video up to them and said, I'm so sorry, but we cannot use yeah. these. And But I really tried, even though we were going to still have to do the labor of cutting them all. And so Angola is charging us, I think, $3.10, and that's the material the labor and ship to us okay. so we feel so you don't have to that. you don't have to go out and seek the billboard no vinyl, we don't have to have women passing out in my front yard although i gotta say that billboard vinyl option is a good use for that vinyl yes. because it's really just waste if it it's is. not i mean if we could find somebody to do something with it because people do ask me for that kind of stuff too and i said well i have to like y'all I have to contact uh-huh. my billboard rep yes. and see what they have but yes. a lot of people have different needs yes. for them you know people have asked them me for that for uh, wrapping bales of hay uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Uh, yes. And they love all kinds of stuff. to get rid of it. So, you know, they love yeah. it. So go get it from them. If yeah. they, yes. They're going to love hearing this when they yes. start getting all these phone calls. Yes. Or, yes. or really, it is just going to go in a, I hate to say, yeah. in a landfill, mm-hmm. if not used for that. Yes. And I'm happy. I know it. Do you ever hear a good song on the radio that just moves you? Maybe it stirs your heart, but then it starts to move your body too. Do people around you say things like, you've got rhythm, or where do you get your energy? Well, I've got a secret for you that might be your dance coming out, and the Whistle Stop Dance Sport might be just the job your dance is looking for. I know your first thought, but I don't have any dance experience. That's one of the good things about this opportunity. You don't need years of dance experience to do it. What Whistle Stop Dance Sport is searching for is a multi-dimensional talent. What does that mean? Okay, I'll tell you. You see, dance goes far beyond formal training, though that is a plus. Being able to dance means you can take life by the hand and let it put one arm around your waist and move to the rhythms that flow your way. To be a dance instructor at Whistle Stop Dance Sport, you'd need to have experience working with children, good rhythm, positive energy, and a personality for people. Dance Sport works to enrich children's lives by offering social, emotional, behavioral, and cognitive skills that naturally build confidence. Through dance, these children develop self-esteem, express themselves creatively, and strengthen critical thinking skills. Does the thought of affecting young lives in a positive way stimulate your mind, your heart? Do you want to do something that matters? Something that could really change the course of a young person's life? Then maybe that's why you heard about this dance instructor position with Whistle Stop Dance Sport. You can send your resume or letter to Whistle Stop Dance Sport. 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. That's 1518 18th Street, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 70601. Training dates for this position start in July 2019. So if you feel you may be right, don't wait to send in your resume. If you'd like to hear more about this position, call Whistle Stop Dance Sport at 337 515 7577. That's 337-515-7577. And if you do call, do me a favor and let them know you heard about this on Find the Good News. So that's interesting, man. What a, what a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so many different little ways. Yes, it that, is uh, spread out, doing all kind of, I never dreamed, you know, never dreamed. I just wanted to buy underwear. That's what I was going to do, buy underwear. Well, that's, that was one of the questions that's kind of been floating around. I wanted to ask you, like, I mean, rewind before you ever started doing this. I mean, can do you ever do that? Like, try to put yourself in that perspective you were in before you ever even had this idea? And do you ever look at it and just go, wow. wow. Yes. Like, I never wow. would have. Yes. Imagine this. Like, because where did you imagine you were going to be doing when you were? I, I, you know? I, I guess at this point, I expected that Philip and I would be pretty close to retiring, uh-huh. uh, taking care of grandkids and just living the good life. And right. we are living the good life. It's just different than we had thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and back to my, and I didn't mean to pick on sulfur, uh, Walmart, because I'm heading over there to buy some school supplies, so y'all be nice to me. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I understand why they couldn't discount it, because it was helping other people. Sure. But um, we do very much believe in buying local, too. I don't sit down and order my stuff from Amazon, because I am a local business owner. So we do spend a lot of uh, time, you know, traveling and buying things from all the different. I want to buy from Sulphur. I want to buy from Moss Bluff. I want to, it's hard in Westlake, because they don't have a Walmart, or they don't have, it's harder sure. to shop in Westlake. But I 
believe in buying local, keeping as much stuff local as I can. And yeah. uh, that's just very important to me. It's important to show my face um, so that when they do uh, the Walmart in, on Nelson Road just called me the other day and they had uh, socks for 10 cents a pair. You know, they said, come down. So we loaded loaded buggies of socks sure. that will go out to kids and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I mean, there, it seems like that is something that I, in the last dec- few dec- couple of decades that has really emerged in social, maybe along the same track as social media emerging is a lot of companies now have this sort of second motive. I mean, they, they're manufacturing something. Definitely. They definitely want to turn a profit, mm-hmm. but there is also an, a need that they're doing. Like I know the, um, there's the sock company that, you know, for every pair of socks you give, they donate so many socks to homeless. Uh, Tom shoes was kind of like that. You know, you buy a pair of Tom shoes and it mm-hmm. was just like, there's this whole trend. Now everybody's got a service attached right. to their product. And I'm, I hope that that just continues, right? You know, yes. I mean, I, I bought a pair of I buy sunglasses uh, from a company because I, 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 I'm funny about those kind of things because sometimes you can go, we're cleaning. They say we're buy this and we're cleaning the ocean or whatever, and you go look into it and you're like, eh, I mean, like yeah. a small little fraction. You know, the, yeah. the truth of it's not what you think. But some companies, if you go dig, really do. you're like, wow, they're actually putting a huge chunk of their profits back towards these certain programs. And you can actually go see where the money goes. And I like that. I really do. One thing I think that people have liked as they found out more about us is that literally every penny, and I think I can still say this safely, that we get goes back to a classroom. We don't pay rent. We're in our guest house. We don't pay utilities. Philip and I, I said we didn't put any money in the community. Does we pay the overhead? Of the, we pay the utilities. I see. Like our insurance policy is about six thousand dollars a year. I had no idea it was going to be that much, uh, but we have drivers on the road. We have to insure our contents. We have things like that. Sure. So we pay the insurance policy. We just had to pay um, an accountant to do our taxes. Um, any stuff like that, we pay. Right. So when you give us a dollar, like it, when. If a school gets a delivery from us, it's in a recycled Walmart bag. I mean, we and don't even. And your time is all volunteer. All and everybody volunteer. else is too, yes. right? So we, this is a true story. We had someone drive up to our location, uh, ask me, "Do you have any paid employees?" And we said, "No, we don't." And he handed me a check for five thousand dollars. Wow! So that was pretty cool. So I'm assuming that was the right answer. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, but yes, nobody draws a salary. Every penny that you donate will go back to a classroom that's something so uh, we we are very very thrifty we don't throw anything away we just we shop deals we try now if we get a call from a school that needs a particular size pant for an uh, an odd size and we have to pay 40 or 50 dollars for it to get it we're going to do it another thing that we did that was uh, cost us more uh, to start with, we had ugly shoes because that's we bought what we could find on sale. Now, little kids, if they shine or they have those uh, the Disney truck people, I can't think of their name. The, oh, to, like the tomato tater. Ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. If cars, they have those yeah, okay, cars, people yeah. on them, they're cool. But once you get in middle school and high school, it's more important. Shoes are more important. And like we just found some on sale, and they were really, really ugly. And we became aware they were really ugly. And so we went to some middle school and high school teachers and said, "What kind of shoes can we buy that your kids would feel good when they put mm. them?" And and it came back consistently chuck taylor converse if you buy them chuck taylor converse Timeless they're gonna feel shoe. good yeah so now any middle school or high school that requests a shoe they get yeah. black chuck taylor that, that's converse. a good shoe that's funny because so. yeah simple shoes yeah. i mean you know and it's affordable yes shoe. so we pay about 35 or 40 dollars a pair but we again didn't want to put those kids in something that is like oh my goodness you know we wanted them to feel good and so now they'll fit in and they'll blend and yeah. so that we we've been blessed enough financially that we can afford to do that man 
listening to this, it touches on just even I have memories of being a kid in school. And I've talked about this with a few people. And when I go back and look at like class photos from elementary school, you know, back then there were no school uniforms. You mm-hmm. know, everybody just wore whatever your parents put you in. And somebody made a comment one time when we were looking at those old pictures and, you know, flipping through first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, you know, the old black and white picture. And everybody, somebody said, we all looked poor. We all looked poor. <laughs> And, and I, I laughed. I said, it's funny. I said, because it's true. We all kind of just looked like we're all from the same class of folks. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't like anybody really thought about that. But I do remember, I mean, maybe everybody remembers that as a kid when you started to notice the difference, mm-hmm. you know, between what you had and somebody else yeah. had, you know, yeah. and, and it does. It affects a kid. It mm-hmm. really, really does. I, I've, I've worried about that with my own children yeah. at various points. You yeah. know, and are they going to be judged or belittled or I don't know that yeah. that's always stings yeah you know and to be able to take that away from kids and take that off their back that's such yeah. a a blessing because they don't have to get trapped in their value mm-hmm. you know that's what and, and I guess our ultimate goal is just to keep these kids in school to allow teachers to be able to love them and hopefully show them some of the kids these teachers are the only love the only positive they're going to see and to keep them in school, help them get a high school diploma and hopefully break the chain that they're in. Um, And and that's not all the kids. I mean, some of the kids we're just helping make an okay life better Mm -hmm. and and that's okay. But some of these kids, the schools are their absolutely only hope. And if we don't step up as a community, those kids are going to be lost. And Mm. so that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is just keep them in school. Um, That's what we're trying to do. And it's so much more than just their education too, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, they have a, oh gosh, I mean, I could go on and on on a whole nother tangent about the value of teachers in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, high value. Mm -hmm. I mean, beyond just teacher, you know, I I had the blessing to actually visit with one of those teachers on the show that just was so impactful Mm -hmm. in my life. And I I held her in such high regard, Mm -hmm. like beyond uh, mentor level. I don't know how else to explain it, but something beyond just an educator. And I think my husband is running for state representative. That's not a plug. It is a fact. But um, he when we had his announcement party, the person that introduced him was his high school math teacher. Oh, wow. And that just, that's a person that so impacted his life and that's Mm. who he wanted to speak. And teachers have always uh, meant a lot to my husband and they've, you know, meant much more than, much more than just a teacher that taught him in the classroom. I don't always feel like we're valuing teachers enough. Um, I was lucky enough many, many years ago to do a little documentary for the, uh, I say I call it a documentary. It was more like a uh, recruitment piece for the school board. And so I got to go around and visit with what I guess they would call some of their star teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. that really stood out. And boy, what an honestly, I would say the seeds of doing this show came from doing that project because I got to do one on one, got to talk to them the way we're talking, mm-hmm. and, but film them mm-hmm. and then turn it into this beautiful piece. And I mean, the whole time I was editing, I would just go in these waves of tears and, and back to editing and then tears because of the joy and the way they they cared. I mean, mm-hmm. it just you could feel it. Yes. And I was in during that project to really realize, like, man, we're I don't know that I even grasped how important they are mm-hmm. to these kids and you could just see it with each of these teachers yes 
And I'm not going to say every, and we're all different. People are people. We come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Um, but these, this particular crop of teachers all across the parish, just wonderful. It's wonderful. it's amazing. We shared on our uh, Facebook page a post that a principal had posted back when school let out and about how people ask her, you know, aren't you ready? And, and she said, you know, yes, I'm excited. And I'm excited to spend time with my children. But, and I never thought about this, but she said there's certain kids that on that last day hold you a little bit tighter mm. and you know that they're just dreading what they're going home to. Mm. And she said, all during the summer, I'll be watching the news and I'll be reading the paper and I'll just be looking for bits, hoping that my kids' names don't appear there. And on that first day of school, I'll be looking and praying that they step off that bus. Oh, and I thought, oh my gosh, I just, I just, you know, you don't think of things like that. But yeah. there's kids out there that, that these teachers and these principals feel that way about. And yeah. they know that they're only safe haven is those few hours a day that they're in that loving care of those teachers and yeah. those principals and so god yeah. what a what a powerful thing to let people know about mm-hmm. i mean it's so easy to get caught up in this I, I call it the sin of busyness i mean i'm guilty of it get caught in the sin of busyness and you kind of get in your your own track and your own head and 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 for me, I always have, I think of it like a magnet and I love it when the filaments can fall away. But like during the day and in, in life, you just get all this stuff that starts clustering around you to where you can't see that, mm-hmm. you know, these, that there's these people out there hurting, mm-hmm. you know, with needs. And then it humanizes them in a way when we can let go of that and like sort of tenderize our heart. And I mean, hearing that just, I was at a, a, um, uh, visiting someone's church and there was a school teacher there who had during it was the summer and one of the children had passed away and i mean i just it was like a wave of emotion just spread throughout the congregation because she um wept like she'd lost mm-hmm. her own child mm-hmm. you know yeah, these are special people, and I some I don't understand like why God plucked me out <laughs> to tell their story. I don't understand why He didn't choose one of them, except their calling is to be in the classroom. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, I tell people mm. I couldn't be in there. I would do nothing but cry oh, yeah. all day long. I, I, That's I, what I would do is I would just cry, and um, so I guess He chose me to just go out and I can I can buy underwear and speak so that's my job is to buy underwear and speak yeah and uh, because I was not raised in an educator's family my parents were I only have one sibling and he's not a teacher you know I was not raised around educators I had no clue what they did yeah so they're pretty special people yeah they are they really are I mean in a lot of ways I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show or not but you know and that's why I always try to think of teachers not just in what they're teaching, but just the way they are. And mm-hmm. if any teachers are listening today, I mean, and not to segue too far away from what you do, but mm-hmm. like the value of just the way they are. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher who was murdered when I was in mm-hmm. high school, and he never, it's kind of strange how timing is, you know. He never singled me out. He didn't give, put his hand on my shoulder and give me any special treatment or wisdom. But I just, for whatever reason, and it was just my math teacher, it was my algebra teacher, it was like um, something about the way he was. It was something to me about the way he commanded the class, not in a, a sh- an iron-fisted way, but it was like gentle yet firm. And I always used to watch him, and he still to this day doesn't, would, I mean, maybe he knows now. Mm-hmm in in you know the mm-hmm. afterlife but he uh 
when there would be trouble in the class or children would act out the way he navigated that territory just it was like i was watching a documentary about somebody teach he was teaching through through doing mm-hmm. you know and i always was fascinated by him like wow he's so gentle and kind but yet he navigates with a firmness without being cruel i, I was just fascinated by that very sweet spot that razor's edge that he seemed to walk and he never knew. I never told him, but I, um, but I could tell because he had like scripture and things throughout the room, and I could tell he never said it, but I could just tell that he was a holy man. You know, something about him was sort of sacred, and so uh, it was my last day of school that year, that particular year, and I had the week coming up. I, uh, I was like, well, I know he likes scripture, you know, and I wanted to do something for him, and I was an illustrator, so I. I went and found a, a picture of Jesus, and I drew Jesus knocking on a door. And uh, the scripture, I just said, well, I'm just going to find something, you know. And then I landed on um, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And for some reason, that jumped out as, as the way he was. is like, you're, you've been teaching me, but you didn't know. And I'm going to remember. It was kind of what I got out of what I tell you is in darkness mm-hmm. you're passing something on in secret but you don't even realize but i'm going to carry it and so i gave him that picture and i remember when i went in to give it to him he kind of looked like puzzled like uh well what's this for and i just wanted i just and i was embarrassed a little bit and i just remember tom said well i just wanted to let you know that i appreciate you and i kind of scurried out of the room i never really got to tell him you know and then uh that next school year he was shot and killed and so i remember when i went to his funeral how many people showed up and the love that people expressed and i got to sit there and listen to people who really knew him basically verify for me as a young person like wow everything that i sensed out of him is accurate this is the man he really was he truly portrayed himself through his actions properly and I don't know, something about that really stuck with me as a kid. And I mean, I've, I've always wanted to model that, I guess. I don't know. And it just made me realize, I guess, as, as growing up and getting older, when I look at teachers, I just go, I wonder how, how other kids, if they're doing that too, do teachers really fully realize, you know, that kids are watching mm-hmm. them? They're not just following your instructions. They're watching you and they're lear- there are kids that are learning from things from you. Mm-hmm. They're learning morality. They're learning uh, compassion. They're learning, uh, I don't know, the golden rule. <laughs> I don't yes. know. They're just learning things beyond yeah. just the math and the science. Yes. And these days, there's so many kids that that is the only teacher of those things that they're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. so, I think, than when we were growing up. Yeah. It's, it's almost more important because, I mean, there's so many other things that can steal children's attention, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and teach them if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. You yes. Know. yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So if people want to support what you're mm-hmm. doing, what's the, do you have like an ongoing uh, place we, where they we can do, pay? Uh, uh, through our uh, website, www.dewanas. Let me spell this because my mama gave me that name. D-E-W-A-N-N-A-S. C-L-O-S-E-T dot com. Dewana's Closet or just Google something that sounds like it and you should be able to find us. There's a donate thing down there that you can give through and we are a 501c3 so everything is tax deductible. You may be able to donate through our Facebook page. I'm not 
sure about that. But anyway, yes, and $5, we are more than happy. The way we shop, that buys two shirts plus tax. Gotcha. So anyway, so we're good. Uh, no amount is too large, little or big. But anything, anyway. Help but us help. Help us out. Help us help. And pray for us that God just continues to uh, show us the needs, provide the means for us to meet those needs. And, and that uh, he also, we are starting to try to help other people find meet needs that doesn't doesn't have our names plastered on it we don't need Dewana's closet plastered on things but when as we find opportunities for other groups to go meet needs in schools we are really supporting them and helping them find those things and uh we, we know what we do and we do it really well we don't want to be a five we don't want to be a nonprofit that burns out because we stretched ourselves too thin we are not going to sure. let that happen so uh just help us to continue uh doing what we do and meeting those needs pray for our teachers as school starts back in less than a month as hard as that it's is wild. for them to be back yeah, yeah less than a month you know lift them up that they will continue to be the blessing and teachers that they need to be and i'm happy i know this episode's fishing for goodies fishbowl sponsor is brimstone museum and henning cultural center in sulfur louisiana i don't know what you look for when you travel but one of the things i look for when i'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city i'm traveling to I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. So, there is a part of the show. I don't know if you've listened to the show. Have you had a chance to I listen? I didn't. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Well, you see that fishbowl right there, right uh-huh. here on the table? Uh-huh. This fishbowl right next like to your... Uh, cigarette thing? No, this right oh, here. Oh, I was going to say matches, cigarettes. Yeah, this fishbowl with all the stickers all uh-huh. over it. So okay. this is... Now, we've gotten to know you, but this is sort of... I, I told my son this last night. I said, the fishbowl doesn't have feelings. It doesn't listen to what we're saying. It's okay. just got questions to ask you. So okay. what each guest on the show does is they pick three questions out of there. Okay. And then basically let the fishbowl answer you, ask you some questions, and you respond to what's in there. Okay. 
three at once? Three, three. You can pick one at a time. Okay. Yep. Okay. When are you the happiest in relationships? Uh, probably when I am with my family on a cruise ship. Oh, really? Yes. Feels good? Feels good. Never been on one. Oh, my goodness. It's away and people are waiting on you <laughs> and you can eat as much as you want and when you've had too much of your family, you can go shut the door and, uh, and like, leave me alone. And just... Leave me alone. Just chill out. Chill out. Yes. But when they're they're close enough that when you want to see them, you can see them. So that's, that. yeah. And, and that's probably my mind because we're planning one, I think, right now. So, ah, uh, fresh in your mind. Yeah. I've never been. I mean, I see people who go all the time yes, and I miss, they love it. Uh, because when we're, when my family is at home, we are all working on different things or the same things and we are all so busy. We don't take time for really each other are you know we are i mean we all and and that sounds terrible but it is an admission that i'm making we all go 50 miles an hour all of us you know and uh i'm help i'm stopped five minutes and help philip do this and then he comes and stops five minutes and helps me do this and then and that's just how so probably i guess that's because when we're out there on the ocean and we can't really work and we have to shut it down and my whole family's there we in november we were there with from my dad who was 87 to our youngest grandchildren who at the time were nine months old so Mm. we were all there together and it was that sounds really nice wonderful 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 okay let's see what the next one is well this is a big one that's a would you rather card would you rather change the past or see into the future i'd rather um that's a tough one that is a tough one uh, ugh. see into the future. Yeah. Yeah, I would. What's been done's been done, and I'm okay. Yeah, you could change the past and screw, and you wouldn't uh, be yeah. doing this no. right so here. So I'd yeah. rather see into the future. Yeah. Maybe avoid a couple of potholes yeah. along the way. Yeah. 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 Things like I would like to know, like how long am I going to have my parents? Like, cause oh, that's yeah. the big deal. Because like I'm this cruise we're taking is like my dad will be 88 and we had had a panama canal cruise plan that he really wanted to go on and my mom got really sick and couldn't go Mm. and so now we're doing it again because i'm thinking my dad's 88 like if i don't do it soon but my grandmother's 99 she'll be 100 in december so maybe i can put it off for five years you know but maybe i can't so i would say see into the future i would rather see into the future the past is the past i made mistakes but hey I learned from them, and, and here I you are on. today. Here right? I am today. Yeah, I may not be the same person if I change the past. Man, that's true. Okay, third one. Uh, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be a nurse, and why? Because I wanted to help people. Really, but that's really dumb because I can't stand the sight of blood. <laughs> and really, when we're watching shows and blood comes on, I cover up my eyes. So I only wanted to be a happy nurse. So I only wanted to be the nurse that brought people their brand new healthy babies. That's uh, all I wanted I got to you. do. Like, like like lightweight, like kind of check the temperature, yes, maybe blood yes, pressure, no yes, blood, no, no blood, no body. That's fluids. what I wanted to do. Just here's your here's your healthy, beautiful baby. How, on how your when nurse. did that start? Was you 
little? Were you yes. little when that yes. started? Huh? Yes. Yes. And I never liked blood, but I always wanted to be a nurse. Do you see it on TV or something? Or? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't just, know. I always wanted to be the happy nurse. That's what I wanted to be. And I think I changed my major four times in college. And one semester I was a nurse, was nursing, and one was a bit, I had no clue what I wanted to do, really. But yeah, yeah it was a nurse. Wow. And uh, Well, never, now you're helping people. Now I'm helping way. people. I'm just not a nurse. You just yeah. always wanted to be a helper, it sounds yes. like. That was in part of yes. your DNA. Yes. There. Like, I can't even stand like a paper cut. Like, really? I don't know why I want it. That's so dumb. Like, when my husband throws up, it's like, oh, go, go, just go do it somewhere. Yeah, I have a strange uh, thing. It's like, those things bother me, but like, when they happen, it's some, I think it's just something overrides and I, I go into this mode where it doesn't bother me, uh-huh. but like, but I really don't like it, yeah. but, but I'm okay to deal with it, if that yeah. makes any sense. But I do meet people who, like, I had a friend, uh, real tough guy that I went to high school with, one of my dear friends, but man, when blood would show up, he'd turn white as a piece of paper. And I like, just don't like it. Sick. Like when violence comes on on TV, like I cover up my eyes still, I'm six yeah. years old, still cover up my eyes. But, um, Anyway, like, what was the the movie that came out about Jesus that everybody... Oh, The Passion. The Passion. Like, even the preachers that didn't go to movies went to see. Like, it was the same way. It's like... It's a hard movie to watch. It was very hard. It's still hard to watch. I watch it once a year, and it's it's hard. It's like, I feel bad about this, but Jesus, you have to understand, I cover up my eyes for all the movies. That's a hard film to watch. It really, really is hard. Yes. I just don't even, you know, I just always cover up my eyes. Anyway, so that was... I was going to be a nurse, but I ended up just... I help people. I give band. Yeah. I give band aids to kids in school now. Yeah, so that's what I do. So, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so those are my three. Uh, those are my three answers. This was a lot of fun, um, and just a, a, honestly, just eye opening for me. And I hope it's eye opening for other people mm-hmm. too. I mean, there's probably listeners that just yes. don't really fully know. Well, again, like me, unfortunately, that heard the name, thought closet, uh-huh. real little small bitty, little yeah. door. Yeah. You know, what a one. what a big. Thank you. Uh, big well, service. Uh, if you're out there in any other community and would like to start this, it is amazing. We would be glad to help you in any way we can. Uh, just shoot us an email and we will be glad to correspond. If you're local and want to help us out financially, that would be great. We would take it or just keep us in your prayers and your thoughts and keep those teachers lifted up. Will do. I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.